Hey, this is Dr. Patty Sadala. Welcome to my Experience Jesus podcast. In this how-to and identity episode, we will look at the relationship between faith, belief, trust, and truth, and how to harness them to move you forward in freedom and impact. In the story of the prodigal son, detailed in Luke 15, to 32 we are introduced to a man with two sons. The younger son asked his father for his inheritance so that he could travel to distant lands and live recklessly. The other son stayed dutifully behind and served his father. After completely wasting his father's fortune, the young son found himself sitting in a pig pen penniless and hungry. Luke 15:17 says, But when he finally came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have had more than enough food while I'm dying here of hunger? The Hebrew word for come to one's senses is anatheo. It means to return to soberness, come to yourself, recover a sound sense, to be free from the snare of the devil, and to return to a sound mind. I like that bit about to be set free from the snare of the devil best. It's an awakening of the moral guideline of knowing right from wrong from God's perspective. This spiritual awakening is necessary for you to move yourself from the limiting lies that keep you from trusting God to the truth that will set you free from them. Your thoughts and behaviors can cause you to think that you are disqualified from the blessings of the truth. Do not let your mouth confess such lies. Coming to your senses is agreeing with the truth of who you are and what God has promised you, and most importantly, who God is. And this is regardless of your behaviors. You are not the sum total of your mistakes or failures. The blood of Jesus qualified you to be part of his family. God's truth qualifies you to be part of the kingdom's impact. The very best way for you to trust anyone is to spend time with them and realize that you are safe in their presence. Jesus revealed his nature when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the truth and is wholly trustworthy. Spend time with him and he will prove that to you. So the first lesson is that truth is not a thing to know, it's a person to know. And as you begin your journey to discover the truth of God more, it's important to anchor yourself in the truth of who God says he is and who he says you are in him. Let's begin by understanding the differences between your body, your soul, and your spirit. The Lord gave me a model that I've called the body, soul, spirit, and choices. It is detailed in a diagram below on the pattyej.podbean.com site for this episode. Looking at that diagram will probably help you understand what Jesus has to say about it. Your physical body was created for this natural world and only exists while you are alive on earth. It's natural for us to feel the most connected to our body and to focus on the realities of this natural realm, but it is limiting to think of yourself as only your body. Your soul is the part of you that contains your personality, mind, will, and emotions. When you die, your soul is the part of you that goes to its eternal destination. So your soul lives both here 
and in heaven. This is why the Bible talks about saving souls. Matthew 10, 28 says, Do not be afraid of those who kill your body. They cannot kill your soul. Understanding that your soul contains your mind, will, and emotion and causes you to make decisions that affect your relationships and your life. God is able to aid you in this area and is a key step toward moving you along the continuum of spiritual maturity. He does this using your spirit. Your spirit is the part of you that God created specifically to connect with Him. Connecting with God helps you connect with His mind, will, and emotion. Everyone has been given the eyes and ears of their hearts in order to be able to communicate with the Lord. And when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit is deposited in your heart, which contains God's mind, will, and emotion, as well as His power to guide your every step. This is explained in 1 Corinthians 2, verses 10 through 14. But God now unveils these profound realities to us by the Spirit. Yes, He has revealed to us His inmost heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit, who constantly explores all things. After all, who can really see into a person's heart and know His hidden impulses except for the person's spirit? So it is with God. His thoughts and secrets are only fully understood by His Spirit the Spirit of God. For we did not receive the Spirit of the world system, but the Spirit of God, so that we may come to understand and experience all the grace lavished upon us, and we articulate these realities with the words imparted to us by the Spirit, and not with the words taught by human wisdom. We join together Spirit-revealed truths with Spirit-revealed words, Someone living on an entirely human level rejects the revelations of God's Spirit, for they make no sense to him. He can't understand the revelations of the Spirit because they are only being discovered by the illumination of the Spirit. So what this is saying is that your body does not have the ability, your brain without the Spirit's help does not have the ability to understand the things of the Spirit. You must learn to connect with God's Spirit to understand what God wants you to understand. And that's how to discover truth, is to connect with God's mind, will, and emotion and understand through the mind of Christ what He's trying to speak to you through the Scriptures. This is what the Lord had to say to help us understand the body, soul, and spirit relationally. The goal is for you to realize that your spirit is the part of you that abides in me. You can tap into me for supernatural truths and capabilities at all times. True victory in life comes when you know how to live out of that spirit truth 24-7. High fruit-bearing Christians have found the way to live out of the spirit while living in the body and being aware of addressing the needs of their soul. This can only come from trusting the truth and believing that the truth is for you. Looking at the diagram, you see that there's a choices line that goes right through the center of the soul. The body is at the bottom and the spirit is at the top. The soul is in the center. When you experience something, you have a choice to fix your eyes on the world with your head or on God with your heart. Your choice will affect your soul and your body either positively or negatively. Below the choices line, you'll see that there is a head worldly category body, and partial soul. Fixing your eyes on the worldly or natural things and trusting head knowledge affects your soul negatively because it lacks God's power to transform you. Above the choices line, you're in the heart, godly place. Here you are fixing your eyes on Jesus. 
connecting you with God's spirit, which has the power to influence the soul and the body. Aligning yourself with God's mind, will, and emotion will positively influence your soul, which will have an effect all the way down to the cellular level of your body. Limiting yourself to only the body, soul, head, worldly category lacks the power to have any transformation at all in your life. The truth is found in the heart, godly part, the spirit-led part. The brain is the gateway between the body and soul, filtering information which feeds information from the brain's natural five senses to the soul and produces an emotion. The heart is the gateway between the spirit and the soul and connects us with God's senses and emotions. Before the fall, Adam and Eve were alive to God through their spirits. Afterwards, we can only sense things through our flesh. Jesus came to restore us back to the connection to God through our spirits that we had before the fall. You have a choice to live with your primary gateway, being your body or your spirit. Choosing to live through information perceived only by your five senses of your body leaves you limited to understanding God through your brain. This head-worldly perspective led to the creation of over 2,000 denominations of Christianity and, more importantly, leaves you without the power and presence of God that Jesus paid for on the cross. The Word says we cannot please God without faith. Faith in the Bible is the word pistis which is also the word for believe, which is the word that we studied about already that is the faith that comes through and by God. Faith is the ability to believe that comes from God. Because of this truth, we cannot properly love God without God, nor can we love each other or ourselves without the love of God as our source. Faith comes through the encountering of the omni-love of God. To help us understand this, here's a journal that the Lord gave me in 2015 that also clarifies the differences between the body, the soul, and the spirit. He said, your body is the only thing created for this physical world alone. It houses the five senses of your physical body, seeing, hearing, tasting, touching, smelling. Your soul is your life essence. It is the core part of you that contains your personality, mind, will, and emotion. It goes with you after you die and leaves this physical world. Therefore, it can be affected by the physical and the spiritual realms. It straddles both dimensions. Your spirit is the power of life and was created to connect you with God. It houses the five senses of the inner man, the eyes and ears of your heart, that connect with my mind, will, and emotions. When you trust in your brain and only in worldly things, you are only engaging the body and the soul. You are not trusting in me when you are trusting in your brain. In fact, you are completely leaving me out of the equation. Your heart is where your spirit is connected to me and can influence your soul when surrendered to to the transformational power of the Holy Spirit. When you allow your soul to be influenced by me, your mind, will, and emotion will become more aligned with my mind, will, and emotion. That's how transformation works. Fixing your eyes on Jesus allows you to influence your soul and align with your Christ identity. This changes how you think and behave. It influences what you believe and changes your choices. When you agree with God's best, it changes your soul and body at the cellular level. You are beginning to see and become in unity with the truth.
This is a key secret, which is why I'm always getting people to fix their eyes on Jesus. There is no power when you live in the head worldly place. Trusting in your brain and believing in natural limitations will get you nowhere. The power comes from the heart-God connection. God lives in your heart and not in your head. You cannot access his power with your natural brain. Any area of your life that you are believing in your own thoughts and wisdom and leaving God out is a part of your life that is without God's power. This leads you to live below the choices line and can lead to illness, depression, poor relationships, insecurity, and low kingdom impact. Choosing to live by the Spirit is a choice where you see yourself inside of God's love potential, where you can connect and release his supernatural power to transform yourself into the person he sees you as already, your ideal Christ identity. While researching the topic of truth, the Lord led me to a resource which is linked on the pattyej.podbead.com site for this episode related to 100 verses on truth. And God had me meditate on this list of verses and then sort them into categories. So we're going to talk about those right now. What truth is not, what truth is, what truth does, so we can, and so he can. I highly recommend that you meditate on the list of verses yourself. There's so much depth here, but I will summarize categorically what I learned from this exercise. Truth is not a thing to know. It's a person to know, as we have already learned uh, so far in this podcast. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the only way, the real truth, and the real life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Since the truth is Jesus, it makes sense that you can't find truth in a worldly place. It's not changeable or fashionable. It does not move with cultural trends. Jesus is not selfless or loveless or fickle. So nothing that is true will be contrary to his character or nature. Jesus explains this himself as he challenged the Pharisees who misunderstood the truth. In John 8, 42, Jesus said to them, If God were your father, but he is not, you would love and recognize me. For I came from God, out of his very presence, and have arrived here. For I have not even come on my own initiative as self-appointed, but he is the one who sent me. What truth is? One of the names of Jesus is the Word. Every word in the Bible was God-breathed and is true. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is God-breathed given by divine inspiration, and is profitable for instruction, for conviction of sin, for correction of error and restoration to obedience, for training in righteousness, learning to live in conformity to God's will, both publicly and privately, behaving honorably with personal integrity and moral courage. The word is perfectly righteous, endures forever, is motivated by love, and is unchanging. Every word in the Bible is intentional, has clear purpose, and is energized by God's empowering presence. Understanding the truth for your life is tied to your kingdom purpose that God has and the role you are to play in it. John 16, 13 says, But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth, full and complete. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but he will speak whatever he hears from the Lord, the message regarding his son, and he will disclose to you what is to come in the future. 
If the Word of God says it, it's true, absolutely true. And to understand that truth, we need to turn to the Lord so that we may discern it through His eyes. What truth does? Truth prepares, empowers, and equips you to be transformed into your Christ identity. It gives you the wisdom and shows you the way of God revealing His mind, will, and emotion. This allows you to live in alignment with God, and it sets you free from the bondage that is holding you back. It gives you wisdom and discernment and the ability to understand. The Word shows you the way to salvation and then gives you the tools and the guidance to partner with God for your fruit-bearing destiny. Jeremiah 29.11 promises that He has good, pleasing, and plans for you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Your job is to align yourself with those plans and walk with God accordingly one day at a time. What is the truth of your identity? I found a wonderful resource by Reasons for Hope where they list 101 verses related to your Christ identity, the link of which is in the pattyej.podbean.com site for this episode below. The scripture is broken into three categories. There are 66 I am statements, 33 I have statements, and 5 I know statements backed up by scripture references. Each statement summarizes a reference truth from the Word of God. I highly recommend that you print this resource and meditate on these 101 truths as God directs you. I looked at these statements as a roadmap to aligning with your Christ's identity. If you truly internalize these biblically-based statements, it will lead you to living your very best life and bearing the maximum fruit for the kingdom. Here are just some examples of the statements and their scripture references. I am set free by the truth, John 8, 31 and 33. I'm conformed to the image of Christ, Romans 8, 29. I am blessed with every spiritual blessing, Ephesians 1, 3. I am led by the Spirit of God, Romans 8, 14. I have the Spirit of wisdom and revelation in His knowledge, Ephesians 1, 17. I have peace with God through Jesus, Romans 5, 1. I have fellowship with Jesus, 1 Corinthians 1, 9. I know the hope of my calling, Ephesians 1, 8. I know the exceeding greatness of His power in me, Ephesians 1, 19. So what can the truth allow you to do? The truth allows you to transform yourself into the very best version of yourself, your Christ identity. When you are set free from the bondages of yourself, you are able to align with God's perfect will and rightly agree with his best for you. This is where you can find the fulfillment and satisfaction promised in the Bible for you. The fruit-bearing promise comes from knowing God intimately, in unity. With the body of Christ. You are safe under his protective umbrella. When you make godly choices, you bring heaven down to earth. Staying in tune with God's truth allows you to follow him properly. You'll see yourself rightly as you continually confess and repent when you make mistakes and realign yourself with his good purposes. You become a loving representation of Christ, reflecting his light in a dark world for those for whom he would have you influence. Encountering God as you have learned to do in this podcast by the specific names of God allows you to relationally understand the truth. You're not trying to understand the word of God in your head. 
You're connecting with the author of the word directly and having him explain it to you. The Chronicles of Narnia is a fantasy series of books by C.S. Lewis that has been adapted to radio, TV, stage, and film. The book series spans from the beginning of the creation of Narnia to its end. Aslan, the lion, represents God and was likely inspired by the name of God, Lion of the tribe of Judah. I have included a scene from the movie The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, where the children have grown up and it's time for them to say goodbye to Narnia. The film clip can be watched below with a link at pattyej.podbean.com for this episode. When Lucy asks Aslan if they will ever see him again, he says they will recognize him as another name, but that their experiences in Narnia will help them recognize him there. This is also true of your encountering experiences with this podcast. When you have encounters with God as his unique names in your spirit, you build memories of personal times with him and begin to face one by one the truths that he needs to work through with you that will set you free. There is no better way to internalize the truth than to personalize it. God knew that, which is why he created a way for you to encounter him. In the film clip, Aslan shares with the children that the very reason he brought them to Narnia at all was so that they would be prepared to know him in their real worlds. The time you spend with Jesus in your special place Working on issues as a child prepares you to handle life in the natural world. When you can learn the truth in your spirit, it can affect your soul and your body and your environment around you, and it can lead others to Christ as well. That's how the truth sets you free. Why do we struggle to believe? What is the trust factor? Without emotional intimacy, there's no real connection with God. For many, it's easy to believe God's truth for somebody else, but they struggle to believe it for themselves. This is what Jesus had to say about that. Truth is truth, regardless of you. You are not a factor in truth itself. Truth is not dependent on your influence. You are not a condition of whether or not fire burns. It burns because I created it to burn. You cannot will yourself to live without oxygen. You need oxygen to live. Gravity will cause you to fall off a cliff. These are all examples of natural laws that are true. They exist apart from your influence. Trusting the truth is a factor that will affect your life. At a young age, you learn to trust that fire burns, that you need oxygen, and then falling from high places will hurt you. Your trust in those truths came from experiences with them and influenced how you think and behave related to them. Trust is demonstrated by respecting and honoring those truths and their boundaries that keep you safe related to them. There are consequences to disrespecting those truths. Understanding the blessings and the rules of them affect your behavior. Your personal understanding of me as the truth is enhanced tremendously by your experiencing me personally. The more you encounter me directly, the more you will realize that I'm a promise keeper and that every word I promise in the Bible is true and it's true for you. I am always here and I'm always accessible. I share my heart with you and fully equip you for your purpose and calling. I turn for good every challenge, trial, and even tragedy in your life for good. The scripture at the bottom of my journal where he said this to me was Psalm 111.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
All who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. The fear of the Lord refers to the respect of the Lord. I thought it was a very interesting thing that this verse popped up because in this journal, the Lord was showing me that when we believe something like touching fire will burn, we respect the fire's power to burn and we don't touch it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Respecting who he says he is and who he says you are is the beginning of the wisdom needed to trust him for the truth that will set you free. Trusting God leads to believing God. Think about the people in your life for whom you trust. They probably tend to be people for whom you feel safe, who you love, and you have been able to count on in times of need. If you struggle with trust in your life, you're going to have trouble trusting God. Here are some reasons that you may struggle with trust in general. And as you listen to these possible trust issues, be honest with yourself about which ones you believe may be true for you. Past hurts can have you protect yourself by holding trust back grudgingly. Rather than trusting someone until they prove themselves untrustworthy, you may tend to begin by not trusting people and then make them have to prove themselves to be trustworthy. If you are looking and even expecting for people to be untrustworthy, you can interpret behaviors that have unintended motives. This tends to have you push people away. Hurt people hurt people. Past heartbreaks and wounds can create calloused hearts and be weaponized to keep people at bay if they are not healed by the Lord. If this is your tendency, then your heart assumes that the Lord will hurt you too or disappoint you, and you will choose to distance yourself from him as well. Maybe you're afraid of giving up control. You feel that giving up control opens your hearts to risks that could lead to getting hurt, so you withhold trust. This comes from an assumption that in order to feel safe, you must be in control. This is a lie from the enemy. Control is a myth. The very safest place you can ever be is inside God's will. Or perhaps you suffer from unrealistic expectations. Past disappointments can nearly always be traced by unmet expectations. When you hold in your mind that things have to happen exactly the way you expect, and if they don't work out the way you want, when you want... Then you assume that God has disappointed you or let you down. Your ways are not the best. God's ways are higher and wiser than your ways, and his timing is always perfect because he's the omnipresent God. All of these tendencies to withhold trust are founded on putting more stock in experiences with other people rather than understanding the truth of who God is and who you are in your true spiritual identity. When you let go of you and allow God to be God, he will prove to you that he is trustworthy. We trust so he can work through us. God created you to be part of his story. There's a purpose for you to fulfill in the part of an overall kingdom plan. God desires to work with and through you, and it brings him great joy when you live with him in truth. Pam, one of my Spirit Life Circle mentors, led a group of us through a guided encounter with Jesus. The experience had us take a journey. The journey began on a dusty path where we were to pay attention to how the dirt clouded up each step we took on the powdery road. Then the road became one of small pebbles. We then approached a fork in the road and needed to make a choice. Do we go to the left or to the right? The journey progressed and as it did, the pebbles became bigger stones until they were boulders burying and blocking the road. 
Then she asked us to look for Jesus and ask him some questions about the journey. Some focused on the fork in the road and asked about what would have happened if they had made the other choice. Others focused on the rocks and the increased level of difficulty in the journey. I had seen Jesus with me for the entire journey, while some others needed to look for him only when things got difficult. We were to ask Jesus the question on our heart about this trek. The question that I asked was, Lord, what do you want to say to me about the rocky and slippery path? And he said, nothing of any value comes without stretching and challenges. These are necessary to make you stronger. I am always with you. You are never alone. When you fall, I reach out and grab your hand and steady you. You are always safe with me. And then I asked, Lord, what are some rocky times that might be right ahead of me? He said, this is an important kingdom season. I need you to rise up, be the head and not the tail. I will increase your platform and influence. As a result, there will be a religious spirit that will come against you. Reach for my hand. They persecuted me too. In fact, they are still persecuting me when they persecute you. This is true of all my chosen spirit-led kingdom warriors and workers. Don't take the challenges personally. Hold my hand as I steady you and keep on walking. The road will get steeper and more challenging. But oh, the view from the top is so worth it. I love you, my dear child and you bring me great joy. We will do amazing things together. Oh, that blessed my heart. Thank you for being with me every step of the way, Lord. The big question is, do you really trust God? I wanted to share my experience of my stretching trust limits encounter that the Lord gave me when I was working on this. The idea behind the exercise was for the Lord to reveal an area that you wanted to work on him to trust him more. The Lord reminded me of a clip from the Despicable Me and the Plot to Steal the Moon movie, a cartoon that I had recently seen with my grandkids the day before. The link to this film clip is on the pattyej.podbean.com site. In this episode. In the movie, former villain Gru had his heart softened by three young orphans and was trying to save them from an arch nemesis villain, Vector, who had kidnapped them. Gru was standing on the wing of an airplane, and the three children were in a spaceship like plane. Gru told the girls to jump and he would catch them. The two little ones jumped and he caught them, and the oldest was grabbed by Vector before she could jump. Gru would wind up saving all of the kids. The Lord reminded me of this scene when I was with him in my special place, when suddenly I was the one on the spaceship seeing Jesus on the wing of the plane. And he said, jump, I promise to catch you. I thought, it's you, Lord. I trust you because you promised. So I jumped and he caught me. But a moment later, I was on the spaceship again. My husband was on the wing of the plane and I heard Jesus's voice say, jump. I promised to catch you. I hesitated. It was easy to trust Jesus. I mean, he's the omni-god after all. But now he's asking me to trust my husband, George. I was afraid. I heard Jesus say in my spirit, it was still my promise. And I'm in George too, you know. If I promise he will catch you, you need to trust me that I can keep that promise even through other people. I'm asking people to trust what you are teaching them is from me and that it lines up with biblical principles, I need you to trust that I'm in control and I work powerful and miraculous things through people all the time. Do you trust me? Yes, Lord, I do. And then I pictured George being covered by Jesus, and I jumped. 
and he caught me. God is God. Even when he's working through imperfect human beings, he can work through you too. Are you ready to meet the truth up close and personally and ask him how he can set you free? In today's encounter, we're going to ask the Lord, much like we just did in my example, to give you an adventure-like experience that will stretch your trust limits with God. The goal of this encounter is for you to have the Lord help you understand an area for which you've struggled trusting Him with, and He will show you how to address it together. If this is your first podcast experience with us, you may want to go back to the trailer episode and learn about the biblical foundation for dialogue journaling, our process for experiencing Jesus. This leads you through the first special place encounter with Jesus as a child. This is a starting point for all of our experiences with Jesus. For best results, it is always good to properly posture your heart for your experience by welcoming Jesus' presence with praise and thanksgiving and playing with him in the special place as a child for a few minutes before asking for anything from him. After meeting the Lord and playing with him in your special place, Jesus will take you on an adventure that will show you something about his nature and character and address that area in your life for which you're having trouble trusting others and him. Pay close attention to what you see, hear, feel, think, and sense in this experience. Ask Jesus as many questions as you need to understand what is he showing you and take all the time you need and make sure you record everything in your journal. Come back to this podcast when your experience is complete. Well, I hope the Lord was able to put his finger on an issue that he would like for you to trust him more with in your life. And I hope you will join us on this podcast adventure. Follow this podcast and forward it to others that you think may be blessed by it. And check out all the links below. They are designed to take you deeper. I thank God for you and bless you in Jesus' name.